0: Well, hello and welcome to our brand new podcast. It's called What Happens After. My name is Bryce. And I'm Melissa. And you might have seen us on a reality TV show where we actually met for the first time on the TV show itself. It was a bit different. (laughs) It's not the usual way that you meet a partner that you are going to spend the rest of your life with, but it's how we met.
1: And look, let's be honest, I don't think there was the highest success rating, so...
0: No. You're
1: really (laughs) going with high hopes, but it worked for us.
0: Yeah, and I guess the main thing from the two of us is the idea behind what happens after isn't to bag out where we came from. We just want to make it very clear to everyone listening to our new podcast that... It's not about bagging out where we came from or the process or how we looked on a TV show. It's basically, we want to give you an insight into what we're really like as a couple and how we are in current times.
1: I think we just need to be able to give our own perspective of our own relationship because it's pretty good.
0: Yeah. I think what you're going to expect from us too in the episodes going forward is us to be very open and honest, very raw and... How do you describe it? Warts and all.
1: Yeah, we definitely do. (laughs) Plenty of warts in this relationship.
0: Yeah. Look, it's a... Not on me. ...different relationship. (laughs) It's not your standard every couple. We know we're very different to the norm and a lot of people do support us, but there's also a lot of people we have to acknowledge that don't agree with this relationship and how we met or how we were perceived on a show.
1: And doing a podcast is brand new to us. You and I have never done anything like this, so I think uh, it'll be a bit of a learning curve for us, but it'll be nice to actually showcase our relationship and discuss the positives and negatives and, and uh, you know, give people a better insight to our relationship and, you know, that we are very similar to a lot of people, even though we, do, we are very different.
0: We are, and I think that's the highlight of this podcast. We are two totally opposite people that have come together to make something work so we're not relationship experts we're not here to tell you (laughs) how to have your relationship or how you should look for someone we're just literally i guess letting you know about our relationship and that's the main point of what happens after i've been through heartaches i've been to heaven I've done my best and my worst, learned my lessons. So, why don't we start at the beginning for the two of us as individuals? Obviously, we got to know each other throughout doing a TV show, but a lot of people don't really know much about us apart from what they witnessed.
1: Yeah, no one really got an insight into who we are actually as individuals rather mm. than Melissa and Bryce or Bryce and Melissa. Which, which way should it go? <laughs>
0: Ladies first, Melissa and Bryce. Yeah, good. We'll go that way. We'll go the respectful way. I was going to say,
1: if you said alphabetical, (laughs) you know, no No,
0: I'm not going to go alphabetical. (laughs) But I think the big thing that a lot of people don't know between the two of us as individuals is that you're actually older than me.
1: Oh, just?
0: By seven weeks. Seven
1: weeks older. Yeah. Oh, what? So I'm the older woman. So you're a cougar. I'm not a cougar.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I am seven weeks older. So uh, I'm born on the 22nd of January.
0: And I'm the 14th of March. Yeah. So I am the younger in this relationship, which is... Yeah,
1: but I'm the wiser.
0: You are definitely wiser, but it's new to me being younger because what? I guess traditionally in relationships, males are older than the females.
1: Well, this is clearly not a traditional relationship, let's be honest. Look at how we started.
0: No, but I know, obviously, I've dated some people in the past and they've been Yeah, we know you have dated some people in the past. I know, we've dated a few people. (laughs) Apparently, I've dated half the country. I don't know how I did it, but apparently I did. But it's one of those situations where it's new to me dating someone that is older, like, let's face it, you're not years above me, but we're both 32 years old and I think it definitely shows at times that you are older than me. How so? You're definitely more mature than I am.
1: Oh, yeah, true. Definitely.
0: Leaps and bounds. There's no doubt about it. I like to, I guess, be a bit of a shit stirrer and just don't take life too serious where you're the opposite. You're the rule follower in a relationship. You don't push <laughs> boundaries.
1: But I don't think that comes with me being seven weeks older. I think that's more so how I was raised. And I I have a lot of older friends. I don't have mm. a lot of friends that are my specific age group. In fact, my best friend is almost 50. Yeah. And I have a lot of older friends, so I think that's where my level of maturity stems from. And uh, growing up as a... uh, I was an only child until I was 12, so my mum had my younger sister when I was 12 years old, and I think I got used to being on my own and taking care of myself. So that's where I personally think my maturity comes
0: from. And one thing too is that you have a lot of friends that have been friends for years where with my line of work of being a radio announcer, I've lived in various places and you could call them transitional friends. And I don't want to sound bad to those people because I absolutely love and respect them for who they are. And I think you've made a comment before to me saying, you know so many people, yeah, which is true. But a lot of them I'm not with on a daily basis where you do see your friends a lot more often than I do. Like now we're living in Melbourne on the Mornington peninsula. Mm. It's like I'm making new friends again through soccer or other avenues. For me, it's kind of harder. I find it really easy to make friends, um, which might surprise people from what they've seen. But I guess having lived in different places and come across different personalities, I actually am usually the type of guy that, gets along with everybody. I think you've seen that.
1: Yeah. Well, I see your phone constantly blowing up every day. You're talking to somebody, whether it's text message or phone calls, you're always speaking to somebody. And I'm like, oh, hey, who's that? That's a new person. Yeah. Um, obviously, because you've lived quite a transient lifestyle, but I've always really been in the same place. I've, I've basically lived on the Mornington Peninsula my whole life. Um, so it's, I, I, I've had a very, very small circle of friends and that's just the type of person that I am. I don't, well, I'm obviously quite introverted as, as many people know. So having a really close network of friends is, is really what suits me. And
0: that's one thing I've noticed with you. You're very, you really love and appreciate those close to you, which is why I fell in love with you because you don't really meet people like that. I think a lot of people say they appreciate people around them, but actions show different mm. where you definitely follow through with what you say is what you generally mean. So,
1: and I, I would, I'd love to have a huge circle of friends. It would be, it would be pretty cool. Cause I do, you know, growing up, I did envy people, especially in high school that had a lot of, a lot of friends and I was always just so quiet and shy. It's just always been my personality, but you know, as you grow older and you know, you make friends and friends drift apart. So you know, it's just been something that I, I actually have grown to love having such a close network of friends.
0: Yeah. It's good because one thing we both noticed more so with myself is the type of friends that I've had from recent years. And I guess this whole experience of being on a TV show and in the public eye for two months, basically day in day out is kind of shown me more so, but also you as well, who your true friends are. Mm-hmm. Um, disappointing. I've lost a fair few friendships by doing this TV show that we've been on because
1: And that's been hard to watch.
0: Yeah, only because I think I'm a pretty good judge of character and look, I'll put it out there plain and simple. A few people have jumped on board and tried to take advantage of me being in a position that I am in on the show and as are you. And I guess you haven't had that happen to you really from what I've seen. But it's been quite evident where I've had people that I thought were my friends get involved with gossip pages and media outlets to try and make a name for themselves for whatever reason. And I can't explain it. That's something that they'll have to do or they have to live with. But at the same time too, it, it's disappointing that I had such a judge of character on people. Or maybe it's the industry that I work in, in radio. Maybe it's people just trying get a leg up wherever they can. People say it's a dog-eat-dog world and maybe that's what we've both realised that the media can be sometimes.
1: Yeah. Also, though, it could be the fact that some of those people that you have had a falling out with actually didn't know the real you and watching you on this national television show... They may have seen elements of you that they didn't like, and that's where they've drawn their conclusion to. So, just playing devil's advocate, that could potentially be a reason why. But it's been a, it's been interesting for both of us where the judgment we've had, especially from people that have been close to us, friends as a couple, yeah, yeah, but also individually as well. Like I've had people say how. You know, there's been a lot of support, but there's also been a lot of criticism.
0: Why don't we start at the beginning where we actually went through the process to get onto the show where we met. Okay. How did it come about for you?
1: Oh, I think, so my whole process started, I was actually watching the last season And I was with my family and my dad made a joke and said, oh, you've been single for a long time. You should probably go on this show. And I thought, oh, yeah, why not? I'll give it a crack. I did the application. I think I got a quarter of the way through the application and I went, oh, this is too hard. There were so many questions and it was all very personal. I honestly only got halfway through and I left it at that. And about a month later, I got a... A text message from a producer and that's where it all started the whole process for me was about six months but technically I did apply I just didn't finish the application.
0: For me it was a little bit the opposite you always hear about people getting approached to do these sort of shows and yeah I was one of those people so there's no secret that I was previously engaged up until uh, just after Easter last year so just over a year ago and yeah, I was like you, I was watching the show for the last couple of years. I've known people that have done the show and whatnot and heard various bits of feedback. And uh, yeah, I ended up getting a phone call out of the blue one day from one of the producers that was actually on the show when we were doing it. And I'm not sure how they got my phone number. I'm sort of thinking through like a social media avenue, like a LinkedIn or something like that, because Mm -hmm. I did have my number on there. And reaching out and uh, there's no secret too. I was doing some Instagram live stuff with some previous participants from last year and one thing led to another. But yeah, the phone call came literally uh, about five days after breaking up with the ex. So I was definitely... That's a
1: quick turnaround. It's a
0: very quick turnaround, but I've also made no secret too. And you know this, I've gone into detail about you that I had emotionally and mentally checked out of that relationship. So as far as I was concerned, as soon as I had ended the engagement, I was free as could be. I had myself to worry about. Sure, there was some concerns around the other person involved. We were still living together at the time and whatnot. Um, But yeah, we're in separate rooms and just trying to end things as amicably as possible. And yeah, I went through the whole process as you did. And you said it's very thorough. There's a lot of personality testing involved you feel like you're doing the same test over and over again Uh, you speak to psychiatrists you speak to producers regularly and for me it was about three and a half months the process
1: Mm -hmm. I hadn't been in a relationship and I was very upfront about it that I hadn't been in a relationship for 12 years so my my whole adult life I had been in a relationship when I was a teenager when I was 19 and that was the only relationship I'd had and Mm. I did fall in love with that man, but it just, it wasn't, we were too young at the end of the day. We both were in completely different places in our lives, and from that point on, I just never found the right person, and contrary to what a lot of people think and believe about myself... I definitely did put myself out there. I was very honest that I did try the dating apps, which are a huge disaster. <laughs> Hopefully not a sponsor. <laughs> but uh, I went I went to clubs, I went out for dinner, you know, trying to meet people in that organic way. So I definitely did try and I was never going to settle for anything less than I deserved or wanted in a relationship. Um, so... I think why I went on the show was I had tried, in my opinion, to the best of my ability, the every option that I had.
0: Every avenue, kind of.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for me, it just didn't work. And it's hard when you are so shy and quiet because you often get labelled rude or unapproachable. And that's definitely not me, not at all. It's It's just more a... I guess a defence mechanism, but it's also just my personality at the end of the day, and it was really, really hard to meet people. And I thought, why not give it a go in something, why not give it a go in a more traditional sense, or untraditional, that doesn't make sense. Untraditional, really? Yeah, no, it was completely, this was (laughs) not traditional at all. So, look, um, if I could have my time again, you know, I got something wonderful out of it. Uh, I, I probably would do it again, but I'd be wiser.
0: And I guess that's another huge difference from you and I to why we went on the show. You had been single for so long and I had been in a long-term relationship and was engaged, but...
1: Polar opposites.
0: Yeah, the big thing for me with, I guess, deciding to go on the show and do the experiment was because there had been no that secret that over the years that I'd had a certain type of Female that I would chase. Oh,
1: really? What kind? Um, tell me, tell I think me about, about this might type. you be <laughs> No, no, no. For, for all the listeners, tell, this, tell us all this yes. type. Yes.
0: So your typical beachy look, your blonde hair, blue eyes, that type. But when I really thought about it while I was single um, for that short amount of time, it clearly wasn't working for me. So I think I'd been so factuated on chasing that specific type of person and it wasn't working. So I thought going through the process, I don't know about you, but I learned a hell of a lot about myself in terms of personality traits and connections in social environments with others. And even from the psychology point of view, a lot about my mental way of thinking on situations. It's no secret, it's very different to the norm. I'm always happy to call out things for what I think they are, sometimes right, sometimes wrong. And it can put me in situations as we've all seen.
1: So this is a really good point to touch on. So let's let's call this out right now. So blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. So that's quite judgmental. It is. You know that now. It is. And looking back during my experience, I was very understanding, which I, I have always been. But looking at somebody in that way and and solely having this focus on somebody with a particular look... I get that. Everyone has a type. Everybody has a certain type of person they're attracted to. Even I did. You were very close what to What was be- your type? Because oh, ne- yeah. we never
0: really found out about that.
1: Well, I, I did mention it at one point that you, you basically are my type. My specifics, though, were I generally was attracted to a man with dark hair and light eyes. I was very specific when I applied for the show we get asked about the specific traits you're interested in. So this is where this stems from. But I had been very specific that I said light eyes rather than a specific color,
0: because come on,
1: a specific color of eyes does not make a person. No, it does not. No. Right.
0: I know. And I'm laughing because I know it's true. (laughs)
1: Yeah. But I did have a specific type as well, but I would never let that define the type of person that I would be attracted to because when I think back to the the boyfriend that I did have when I was a teenager, I don't think that I was generally attracted to him immediately, but the attraction grew because I got to know him and his personality and it was the same with you. I was physically attracted to you from the first moment that I met you, but that attraction grew more and more because of your personality.
0: Mm. I think that shone with me and put the big spotlight on our relationship. It kind of blossomed from not the lowest of lows, but it started in a lower place where some others did, but then it grew over time. I think a lot better than what other relationships did on the show. Clearly we're still together, so it did, but I guess the comments that I made at the start of the show, they were very hurtful towards Mm. you. And that's one regret that I do have. I wish I'd never gone down that path of being brutally honest, but.
1: No, no. I think you do need to be brutally honest, but there is a way that you can deliver that information better. Yes. Yes.
0: I do agree with you on that one. That's good. But I think, yeah, our relationship is a real test of things can grow over time if you let them happen. For example, me going away from my usual type and getting to know someone for all their qualities, not just their aesthetics and Look at how we are now. Mm.
1: So what do you think of my green eyes? I like them. Oh, uh,
0: I've become really attracted to them. Oh, you know good. this. Oh,
1: good. Just like? Yeah, I love <laughs> them. <laughs> what do you want me to say? Come on. <laughs> I just like them. They're still not blue.
0: No, but I'm not, see, I'm not fussed on that anymore. But
1: they, it's an eye colour.
0: Yes, I know that.
1: But it, it does not define a person.
0: I know it doesn't. It's just, it just, it, it was what it was at the time. It's not that issue now. Oh, yeah. You haven't said that you're putting blue contacts in.
1: God, no. And I
0: would strongly discourage that if you ever mentioned it.
1: No way.
0: Absolutely not, for those wondering. Absolutely (laughs) not. Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. So the show's been over now for, what, three or so weeks?
0: Yeah, coming up to a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah. So that was a huge relief for me. The show being off the air and... It just gave me a sense of relief that I was able to start getting back into my normal life. Now, I've been working since the show, even before the show started airing, I've actually been working since we stopped filming back in December. Yeah. But the moment the show went off the air, it was very refreshing, but it also highlighted how drastically our lives have changed In terms of our presence on social media and being somewhat recognised in public Mm. and also the impacts that it's had on those close to us.
0: Yeah, a lot of people ask us both and ask me about you because people were sort of wondering why they didn't hear too much from you in interviews like on radio Mm. and you did some TV ones with me as well. I
1: did a little bit here and there.
0: But there was a period of time where you just said no to doing anything for a couple of weeks, maybe even a month. Yeah. And I guess it's probably important to touch on that because people are wondering why there was a lot of things being said that we're not together anymore. We're not happy together. We're putting on a brave front for interviews and publicity. we
1: contracted to stay together. All of this. Yeah. Look, um... It it was a really difficult time from when the show aired to when it ended. There There was a period of probably three weeks where I really struggled with my mental health and I didn't want to communicate with anybody at all, not even my own family and friends. So there was a lot of concern, obviously, and... I get that I've put myself out there. I decided to go on a national television show. I was made aware of the consequences and the changes that would happen. So there's no negative feelings towards that. But with my type of personality, I definitely did struggle with my emotions. And I've definitely had mental health issues in the past. I've never denied that. Uh, I've had depression and anxiety since quite a a young age and it was definitely documented throughout my process of applying for the show so it was well known and I was definitely supported and continue to be supported but I I had some really dark days. Yeah. you obviously witnessed a bit of that but there were days where I didn't get off the couch or I couldn't get out of bed. I didn't even wanna get changed or get dressed and I could just sit in my pajamas all day long. I couldn't work, I hardly ate and my sleep was all over the place. And yeah, uh, it's taking a little bit of time to get back to where I wanna be mentally. And you know, you've been a great support but nothing could ever have prepared me for the emotional effects. Yeah.
0: It was tough for even me to sit here at home because we've lived together since before Australia weekend. Yeah. So towards the end of January, we've been living together in Melbourne. Um, we had to go and do a bit of filming back in Sydney in that time, but then came straight back to living together in Melbourne and yeah, living with someone that has to go through that, It's uh, it's been different for me. I've never been with someone that who's struggled visibly in front of me. I've known of friends and family that have had mental health problems. I've had a very close mate of mine, uh, two to three years ago, uh, take his own life. Um, and he'd lived with me previously and that was very hard to take. And yeah, look, it was watching you go through it. I never thought anything to that extent would happen, but I was very concerned for your mental health and trying to help you get through it wore me down as well. And obviously there's a lot of things that get said about you and you get asked questions and whatnot. You know me, I'm, I'm a very headstrong person. There's not much that faces me. If someone comes up in the street and says, oh, you're a dickhead, I turn around and say, eh, thanks for the feedback. But for someone like you.
1: Well, it's different. I think it, it definitely depends on who you are as an individual and, and you've put yourself in the in the spotlight before because of your background in radio, but for myself, this was all new. And not only was I juggling a lot of hate and anger and frustration, I was also dealing with a new relationship and trying to get back into some sort of a normal routine. So none of it was easy and it's, it's still taking time to get used to it. but. Look, we'll get there and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be another episode that we could probably delve into mental health and the effects yeah. later in our podcast
0: series. One thing before we close off this first episode is we want to speak about the whole online situation. There's no secret that all the participants wow. on the show now have control of their social accounts and look, some even got it back while the show was still on, which... Wouldn't have been the worst thing, I think, because at least you'd have some sort of control about what was happening because they were going to reappear on that show as well. But for 12 of us, we got it back literally last Friday. So we've had it back just over a week and a bit now, almost two weeks. That's mm. um, been interesting. <laughs> I think we were <laughs> expecting some different things. I know for me, we kind of have a bit of a laugh about it because we just sort of thought, that my Instagram account particularly was going to be just trolled continuously, constantly. Every comment was going to be, you're this, Bryce is that, you've done this, you've said that.
1: You're still getting a few of those. I do
0: get a few of it. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) But I was saying to some friends earlier in the week that if I had to put it in percentage terms, 80% of people are actually very nice and friendly and can see through everything that happened on the show and there's 20% of people that follow me that have negative things to say and that's fine. They are more than entitled to their opinion. I don't delete anything on my page.
1: I think it needs to be constructive. Yeah. I don't see the point in going online and saying something utterly disgusting because I don't understand what that achieves. I don't, I don't know that it doesn't make you feel good, but I don't know how it makes that person feel good about themselves that they can say something like that. I don't know. I, 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 I guess it's just the way that I was brought up, that if you have nothing nice to say, you don't say anything at all. Yeah. But I have definitely learnt we are living in a very different world to a world that I grew up in when I was in my, you know, early teens, Social media wasn't that big back then, but now it's it's a completely different environment.
0: I think we've half mentioned as well, and you've brought it up, and I think it's actually a very good point to raise on the podcast that you said, imagine bringing a child into the world in this day and age, how different it is to when we were born into the world 32 years ago.
1: I'm, I'm terrified, and it's been such a concern because I've experienced what it's like to be harassed, bullied, the death threats that we're getting online. I won't even begin to highlight how disgusting that is. But to bring a child into the world, giving them access to social media at a young age because, you know, they might be starting at high school and that's how they communicate with their friends. But just the, the different avenues of online and I couldn't fathom a child having to deal with such disgusting hurtful bullying body shaming comments. It it, it it's so if it, I'm so terrified to think that if we were to have kids one day, I would just want to shield them from that. And I could only imagine what parents out there are dealing with at the moment. And even if they think their child isn't being bullied, like oh, I I I couldn't imagine just even the fear of thinking it could happen one day.
0: And it's not us whinging and complaining about copying negative feedback and trolling comments. I think the important thing for a lot of people to remember is we've got parents Mm. that are going through it as well. Imagine if you had a son or daughter, go through what we're going through at the moment, how you would feel about that. Particularly a lot of these comments that you could call it trolling, you can call it bullying, you can call it whatever you want. But a lot of these comments that are coming through that are negative and just accusations are, from people that are mothers or fathers. We have a look through their profile and see they've got a photo with kids. Like To me, it's actually quite alarming that a parent would think to say something to someone that was on a national TV show that is the son or daughter of other parents in this country, mm. they think it's acceptable to say that.
1: Well, the demographics we know of Many of these types of reality TV shows are what eighteen to fifty, yeah, and majority ma- women, men, yeah, and many of those people do have kids. If not, they've got siblings, they've got cousins, nieces, and nephews, and it's it it. We don't want to take away from the positivity because it's been absolutely yeah overwhelming, and I would never. I don't want to put the focus on that, but it needs to be highlighted and addressed because. I don't think this is I don't think it, it it's healthy and it there has to be something done about it Pfft,
0: don't know we're lucky that there's people like Aaron Mullins in the world that have taken a stand and even Latrell Mitchell that plays rugby League for South Sydney of late like, people like them that have a higher profile much bigger than what we ever will have a voice to sort of, use that and sort of portray it out there, but we will touch on that side of things further into the series, but I think that could be enough for episode one. Some exciting things to look forward to in what happens after are things like family and friends. We're actually going to be getting our parents on the podcast very soon.
1: Oh, Would your mum, will your mum do it again after her stint on that show that we were on? Oh well,
0: I think my mum's been labelled the next Prime Minister of Australia. Oh, <laughs> From some people on social media. I don't know why, but she oh, does love the she, feedback. Oh, yeah, because
1: she called you out.
0: Because you put me back in my box, as yeah. people said.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, we're going to be also speaking to about the general vibe of what it's like for us. We're going to be interacting with some friends we made from the show and outside of the show that have got to know us quite well and I guess what the future does hold for us.
1: Oh, and We also need to touch on us living together, what that's actually been like. Now that we're actually living in a house together... So we've been living together now for, what, three or so months. We have to touch on your bad habits.
0: I've got a few. You (laughs) have a few as well, though. Oh, really? Well, I've actually got a recording...
1: No, you don't.
0: ...of us in bed (laughs) for the the next episode. Now, I mean this in the most (laughs) G-rated sense. Nothing raunchy, nothing sexual. We've discovered that we've got some weird habits in bed. And I think... On episode two, I think we put them into gear. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know exactly what I'm talking about. I do know. And we can't wait to share it with you on our next episode of What Happens After.
1: A Podshape production. Hey, it's Liz. If you ever wanted to ask me a question about myself, Bryce, us as a couple, or you'd like me to discuss a topic of your choice, you can email us at whathappensafterpod at gmail.com. And hopefully I can answer it next time on our podcast.